0: So today's we're going to talk about, if you bring up the title, it is covenant or contract is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to hit a rewind button just a little bit. As you remember, uh pastor spoke about the power of covenant, and so I thought, man, I, w- I wanted to really, you know, I had something about that. So, so I said, well, okay, but I just felt I couldn't get away from it. I just felt like the Lord was saying, we need to go deeper. We need to go deeper into this, and how many of us have signed a contract? I mean, if you've ever bought a new car, if you ever bought a house, if you ever bought anything that you couldn't pay for, you had to sign a contract, just just the way it is. Okay, how many of us have cut a covenant? If we was over in Israel, if we was in the Middle East, we would understand covenant a whole lot better than I believe we do here in the United States. and Let's look at the definition. Let's see what the difference between the two are. What is the difference between covenant and a contract? A contract is an agreement between two parties while a covenant is a pledge. You seal a covenant while you sign a contract. A contract is a mutual beneficial relationship between or uh, between relationship while a covenant is something you fulfill. A contract exchanges one good for another while a covenant is giving oneself to the other. You know, as I was saying at the beginning, you know, a covenant is something that's for life. A contract is, there's usually a time, you know, five years, ten years, whatever if you've got a really good lawyer, you can get out of a contract. Or, you know, even if you don't have a really good lawyer, just pay you know, maybe just a few hundred, a few thousand dollars, and you're out of it. You're scot-free. But with a covenant, it don't work that way. And I want to go back into what Pastor Roger talked about when he talked about a farmer and a warrior. And he touched on that a little bit. And he was talking like, okay, we got this group of warriors that are great warriors, great fighters. But they couldn't grow weed if their life depended on it. Okay, we got, these, we got this clan of farmers over here that can grow anything. But they're not great warriors. So people come, raid their crops, and there's not much they can do about because they're not great fighters. So... What happens is, this farmer may say, hey, these people over here are great warriors. Let's make a covenant with them. Let's say, hey, since you guys are starving to death, my part of the covenant is, I'll give you food for the rest of your life. Your part of it is you protect me for the rest of your life. So what they would do is they would cut themselves they would drain it into, they would allow their blood to go into a cup of wine, both parties. They would stir up the wine, and then one person would drink half, and the other person would drink half. And that would make them blood brothers. You know, when I was a kid, you know, me and my friends, when I was 10, 11, 12, you know, that was, you know we one of us would cut ourselves, the other one would be trying to find something. Hey, it's become blood brothers, you know, trying to get, you know, Something where we could poke ourselves or whatever and, you know, get blood. We didn't have a clue what we was doing. We just sounded cool, you know. And as, as Pastor Roger said, they would also put dirt in that cut, so, so it would leave a mark. Why would they do that? They would do that uh, just because, you know, maybe, you know, the warriors have to come fight. Well, they finally sprout everybody there's peace in the land and they don't have to come fight every year because they've already taken care of everybody so maybe years has went by the farmer hasn't needed the warriors. does that mean well everything's nice and safe and sound i'm I'm not going to fulfill my end of the bargain i'm going to quit giving them food because i don't need them no more they've done their job there's a consequence to that and i'll get to that in but let's say it's been 10 years, and let's say you're in a town. It's been 10 years since you've seen the, your blood brother. You look at him, you say, man, that looks like him, but I'm just not sure. He so may raise your hand up and show the scar that you have on your hand. And if he sees you, and he may raise his hand up. He's got the same scars. Oh, that's my blood brother. I haven't seen him for 10 years. There he is. So let's get back to the consequences of breaking the covenant. Let's say the farmer d- decides, you know, For 10 years, I've had peace. I haven't had to call upon him. Life is good. Why am I giving him food to keep his family going? I'm just going to quit this. Have you ever heard the expression, there's bad blood between two families? That's where it came from. Because if you break the covenant, that means there's bad blood between you and your brother. And what it would be is, the payment for that bad blood is if you broke the covenant the penalty was death. And not only does the first generation, but it could go back four generations to avenge the bad blood between your family because the covenant was broken. Now let's say we got a great covenant between the two and let's say a rider comes into the warrior's camp and says, your brother's under attack. He needs your help. They say, okay, no problem. You round up all your warriors. You get your swords. You get your shields. You get on your horses. Well, here comes in another rider from a different direction. He says, your blood brother is under attack. He needs your help. What's he to do? He's got his brother from his mother that's under attack and need needs his help. He's got the farmer that he has cut covenant with. When he cut covenant, he goes to the farmer. He doesn't go to his brother. That's how strong covenant is that you leave your own brother to take care of the one, your blood brother, or the one you cut covenant with. Does that sound familiar? Do we know someone to cut covenant with us? And forsaken his only son? We know such a man. You see God is a God of covenant. He is not a God of contract. You will find over 300 times in the Bible the word covenant. Do you know how many times in the Bible you will find the word contract? I googled it. Not one time. And even where they say, okay, this is a contract in the Bible. I clicked on it. I looked at the scriptures they were talking about. And do you realize in those scriptures I could not still find the word contract the word in there was covenant So you see our God don't think in contract terms he thinks in covenant terms lifelong giving himself to us Do you know how many promises there are in the Bible that God has made to mankind I had no clue. And like my grandson Google knows everything. 7,487 promises God has made to humanity. That's his side of the covenant. If we stay in covenant with God. There's 7,000. 487 promises that are ours. Think about that for a minute. Think about how many promises you've made in your life. Does it equal 7,487? You know? I mean, maybe some have, maybe some haven't. I don't know. I, I know I haven't made that many promises in my life. But that's what God has done. So. Let's look at what God thinks about covenant. Jeremiah 31 It says The days are coming declares the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though i was a husband to them declares the lord see right there it just shows that uh, god says okay there's a time coming that i'm going to find someone that i'm going to be able to cut covenant with and they're not going to break it because see right now as the scripture says You know, he he made covenant. We couldn't hold up our end of the bargain. We couldn't hold up our end of the covenant. But God said, there's coming a day. There's coming a time. That there's going to be a human walking this earth that I can cut covenant with that I know he will fulfill his side of the covenant. So when did that day come? If you look at Luke 22... In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, God was prophesying in Jeremiah what was going to happen here in Luke. He had to wait till God himself came to earth and flesh to be able to cut a covenant that he knew wouldn't be broken. So, God is a God of covenant. We're in that covenant. Why are we in that covenant? Because you could say, well, I'm not Jewish. I'm not a descendant of Abraham. That sounds great for the Jews, but what about me? What about me? Romans 2:29 says a man is not Jew if he is only one outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical no a man is a Jew if he is only inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit not by written code or in other words not by the law of Moses such a man's praise is not from men but from God you see when we say when we accept Jesus Christ as our lord and savior we automatically become jewish we are adopted in we are grafted in and just to prove that Uh, Galatians 3.29 and now that you belong to Christ you are the true child of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promises to Abraham belong to you. You see that's where we get grafted in. That's where the promises work for us. And like I said, there's seven thousand four hundred eighty-seven promises. Uh, I, I found fifteen that I thought really spoke to me today, and uh, we handed out that sheet that you can use if you want to as a reference. It says, "God's promises never fail." Joshua twenty-one forty-five. God is always good. Psalms one nineteen sixty-eight. God is always with you. Joshua 1.9. God is faithful. Hebrews 10.23. God is kind and compassionate. Isaiah 54.10. God designed me for a purpose. Ephesians 2.10. God loves me deeply no matter what. Romans 8.38-39. God gives me power for my life. 2 Timothy 1.7. God's presence brings joy, Psalms 16:11. God will fill me to overflowing with hope, Romans 15:13. I, I, I want to stop at 10 for a minute and ask, Are we overflowing with hope? I mean today, praise and worship is off the chart. Church services is really good. Our hope is, I'm sure, very high right now. What's it going to be like Monday, Tuesday? When we start looking around and, oh my goodness, what's, you know, the things that are going on in the world? Is our hope still going to be overflowing? Or are we going to say, oh my gosh, what's going on? Make no mistake about it. None of this took God by surprise. Make no mistake about it. God's got a plan. Make no mistake about it. So, you know, that's the one that stuck out for me. Am I overflowing with hope when when I hear the report come in from the news? Or am I thinking, my God, what, what's going on? God's got this. We just need to pray. We need to stand in His covenant and say, God, your co- Your Word says... I'm standing in the covenant, no matter what. No matter what it looks like outside, I'm standing with you. 11, God will strengthen and help me. God will give me wisdom. With, strengthen and help me, Isaiah 41.10. God will give me wisdom, James 1.5. God promises you abundant life, John 10.10. 10. God has a plan for my life, Jeremiah 29.11. God can be trusted. Hebrews ten twenty three. Just like I just I talked about earlier about, you know, they raised their hand up, the farmer and the warrior. To show, hey, I'm 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 your blood brother. I mean you've got covenant. I'm gonna talk about a subject that uh some people don't like to hear about. I don't think there's much of a problem in this church. But see, I was a person that had this problem. And that's raising your hand. All my life, for 20-some years, I was in a church we never raised hands. And all of a sudden, I meet my wife, we get married, we start going to a Pentecostal church, and they're saying, hey, you need to raise your hand. Why do I need to raise my hands? I haven't done it for 20-some years. Why start now? So it was a struggle for me. You know, and you could say, well, the pastor's just trying to manipulate me or control me. Well, I mean, that can be true. I don't know every pastor in the United States. That could be a true statement. I don't know. I know the heart of this pastor. And I know the heart that says, when he says, raise your hands. He's saying, there's something you're missing here. We know Jesus was marked for the covenant. Because Thomas said, I will not believe until I see the nail scars. And I put my hand in his side. I will not believe until I see that. So we know Jesus Christ was marked for the covenant the holes in his wrist is his scar of the covenant that he cut with father god for us and i know it's also said you know this this is a universal sign for surrender and we're we're surrendering to god yes but also what if what if we are saying god i see your scar see my scar I'm standing in your covenant. You didn't forget your covenant. I'm telling you that I didn't forget your covenant. I'm standing in the covenant that says that my household will be saved. Even though they're not walking it, they're not living it, it's going to happen because your covenant with me says it will happen. So if you're if you're in praise and worship, and, and Pastor Roger says raise your hands, don't think of it as well. He's trying to control me. Think of it as the Lord is maybe giving him a download, saying, "Hey, you need prosperity. Hey, you need health. Hey, you need peace. Hey, you need finances. Raise your hands." Stand in the covenant that me and you have together. It blew my mind away. I never thought of it that way. You know, I I always heard about the surrender part. Well, that's great. But what about, hey, God, I'm in your covenant. See the mark? See the, and I'm not talking about a physical mark. I'm talking about a spiritual mark. Because we worship in spirit and truth, correct? See my mark? I'm in covenant with you. And I'm standing on your covenant promises. I know you haven't forgotten. And I'm just declaring I haven't forgotten. So I encourage you this week, if there's 7,487 promises, what part of the covenant do you want to stand on? What part of God's covenant do you want to say, I'm standing on this piece of covenant? I'm standing for my health. I'm standing for the salvation of my children. I'm standing for the salvation of my family. may have cancer. I'm standing on total healing from cancer or whatever disease you may have. You see, covenant is so much better than contract. It is so much deeper than contract because Jesus gave himself to us. And our part of the contract is to give our stuff ourselves back. You see, if we break the contract, I just said that in old days if you broke the contract, death was required. If you break God's contract, if you don't make Jesus Lord and Savior your life if you're not in covenant with Jesus, what's the consequences? Steph. You see, everything that's on the earth is just a shadow of what God has put in place. Jesus sold all out. He gave everything he had to make the cup. Our job is to sell out and give everything we are to Jesus because he gave everything for us. He held nothing back. God, Father God held nothing back, not even his only only begotten son. Can you imagine having a covenant and letting your only son die? Because you're a covenant keeper. You're not a covenant breaker. And Jesus fulfilled, the, and, and the new covenant is just fulfillment of the old covenant. So today, let's all become covenant people. Let's all become covenant with Jesus. That's When we get up in the morning, that's what we think about. Jesus, I want to fulfill covenant with you today. What's that look like for me? So I hope today was was helpful. I hope that uh, Lord, you know, open your hearts and receive how important covenant is and the price that God paid so he could have covenant with us.
1: Standing on the promises of Christ my King through eternal wages let his praises ring glory in the highest I will shout and sting standing on the promises of God standing 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 on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. One more time. Standing on the promises of Christ, my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring glory in the highest i will shout and sing standing on the promises of god standing 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 on the promises of god my savior standing standing I'm standing Standing on on the the promises of God. God. Amen.
0: So, uh, as we wrap up, uh, those that are going to come forward to pray, go ahead and get ready. And uh, enjoy this day and continue to Dig into the promises of God and make Him part of your life and stand in that covenant that God paid such a high price for.